Jesus. We praise your name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Well, everybody said praise the Lord. Aren't you glad to be here tonight? Wow, that sounds good, man. It sounds like there's about a thousand of you out there. It shocked me. Turn around to two or three people. Why don't you greet them in the name of Jesus? Tell them how glad you are to be in the house of the Lord with them. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. may be seated we want to say to all of our young people who are here tonight that went to HYC wow <laughs> we're glad you're here amen uh, they just got back some of them just got back and did not even go home their parents uh, one of the ladies that were up here on the platform said I told my daughters I'm singing you're just staying <laughs> so some some got back and maybe stayed home but I and I told our uh, youth pastor I said do not feel pressured to be here uh, they've been working watching your children for three days going to church and driving up there and back and uh, I think they'll I think they'll make the rapture if they were to stay home and rest tonight if they miss it it won't be because of that I'll <laughs> we'll just say that way amen first uh, so Corinthians chapter 12 and we're going to refresh our memory on this text that we have been looking at for a few Wednesday nights we will finish tonight our series on uh, spiritual gifts we've looked at uh, six of the nine we've grouped them by threes uh, the first week you might remember we talked about the silent gifts silent gifts word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. And then the second Wednesday, we talked about the gifts of utterance or the utterance gifts. Those were um, a uh, prophecy, uh, tongues, and also the interpretation of tongues. We use our mouth with those, and so we call those the utterance gifts. Tonight, we'll finish up by talking about what we're going to refer to these last three as the silent, I'm sorry, the, the powerful gifts or the power gifts. So we talked about the silent gifts, the utterance gifts. We're going to talk about the power gifts. This is a word of faith uh, or, or the gift of faith, we should say, the gift of miracles and the gift of healing. And so we're going to just refresh our memory and look at our text, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll begin at verse number 1. Sister Vetus, I believe I, got your, I gave him the note about your mom. Her surgery is not for a back, is it? It's for a hernia surgery, hiatal hernia. I always have trouble saying that. I knew I shouldn't have attempted it. Hiatal hernia. There we go. So um, we'll be praying for her. And I did get to visit with her just a while ago and... Uh, visited with brother Moore and we're praying for them verse 1 now concerning spiritual gifts brethren I would not have you ignorant you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord by the Holy Ghost but by the Holy Ghost now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit there are differences of administrations but the same Lord there are uh, diversity 
of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the Spirit, uh, by the Spirit, the word of wisdom. Um, I have noticed since Brother Gunderman brought me these glasses that um, these, I put those there, I put those in there as, as, as standbys when I could see better. <laughs> um, uh, dear wife, if you would go to my truck and get my glasses, I think I will read better. <laughs> I'm not just misspeaking. I can't hardly see. So these, uh, this reminds me of how good my eyes used to be. So let me stand back here and read. <laughs> Brother Worthen, hold this right there. <laughs> yes, days gone by. <clears throat> what, what verse are we on? Verse number 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. All right, so let's get into this tonight. We're going to talk about the um, power gifts. Doesn't that sound good? Power gifts. And we just call them that because these are, these are gifts that when we operate in these gifts, God operates in powerful ways. So if you have a desire to see miracles performed to glorify God, then you need to desire, first of all, we'll talk about the gift of faith. And ask God for it. Um, in order to operate in, really in any of the gifts, you're going to have to have faith. But to operate in these power gifts, you want to ask God for the gift of faith. Uh, many want this gift, but few really know how to activate that gift. So in exploring this gift, we first need to understand faith. What is faith? How does it work? Well, first of all, every person we know, according to Romans 12, 3, Paul says, every person has been given the measure of faith from God. Uh, this does not mean that everyone uses this faith. Every one of us are born with muscles, but we don't all use our muscles equally, do we? Amen. Uh, in exploring this gift, so we, we really need to talk about this muscle of faith. So here's a simple way that faith operates. Think about this. Did you find them? Thank you so much. Yes. He's like, you got 500 pairs. Which one do you want? Thank you so much. Here's a simple way that faith operates when you think about it. The, so the preacher preaches the word. And as he preaches, uh, faith is flowing to the hearer. The Bible says that, doesn't it? That faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So when faith comes to a person as the preacher is preaching uh, the gospel, it is up to the hearer to respond with faith. The preacher's going to do his role. The word of God always performs its role, but it's up to the hearer. We talked about last uh, Sunday, Wednesday, I don't remember what day it was, we talked about the different types of soil. Good ground absorbs the, the seed, hangs on and keeps the seed, keeps the word, and shows fruit. We need to respond. So 
we could say it this way, faith requires a response. We can't just say we have faith. We can't just think we have faith. It really does require a response. Faith in, in the Hebrew word is uh, enua, enua, em, I'm sorry, immuna, immuna. It has two basic root meanings, this word immuna. One of its root, I may need a stronger pair. I think maybe, it's, maybe these are what I'm wearing now. I don't know. We'll get there. We're going to get through this, folks. You all, if you stick around this church, you're going to see me age. <laughs> yeah, we're going through this together. Amen. Yes, we are. <laughs> you're going to hear me whine and about my pains and my aches, and you're going to hear me whine about not being able to see. But we'll get through it together, won't we? Amen. Eh? Eh? <laughs> so the word uh, immuna, two basic meanings. One of its root words is aman, aman, A-M-A-N. And the other is immune, E-M-U-N. Now, aman means, catch this, firmness. And immune means craftsman. So the meaning of the word faith really comes from the way a craftsman works with his tools. Think of this. For example, when a carpenter uses a hammer and nail, he's doing that with confidence that what he's doing, he's, something is being accomplished. We don't just swing a hammer around with no intent that something will happen. We don't just throw nails up in the air and swing at them when a, when a carpenter uses a hammer and nail. There's intent. There's expectation. This is, these are the kind of words that faith derives from. He's really, when that, when that carpenter's using a hammer and nail, he's using the word immuna. He's using that word faith. So faith is not the knowledge, it's not just the knowledge that God exists, but it is the knowledge of, catch this, his will, and it's walking in confidence in that will and word towards God. I want you to catch that, what I'm saying here. It's a confidence. It's a confidence. It's people with confidence in the word of God and in the will of God, they just walk differently. They live differently. They think differently. They speak differently. They approach life differently when you have a confidence in the word of God. So when the Bible says, for instance, with his stripes we are healed, we exercise faith in his word by acting on that word with confidence. You believe that word? So we, we act in confidence by approaching God and speaking his will and word in our lives. Now, you've heard me teach about this before, and you hear me pray this way. When I pray over people, I don't just beg the Lord to please heal. We speak because we know his will in the word of God. He, he, he took the stripes on his back, and the Bible lets us know that those stripes were for our healing. So for me to ignore the fact that, the, that, that, that there's healing for me is to ignore what he did at the scourging post when he took those those stripes on his back. He did that so that we could confidently, firmly, like a craftsman with his tools, firmly come and speak. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing according to the word of God. And I often use, I quote the word when I pray, according to the word, with his stripes we are healed. I speak healing into your body. I speak healing into your mind. Amen? 
So we speak the, we, we, we know the will of God, and so we can speak confidently and expect something to happen. Now, remember one day when the disciples asked the Lord to, they said, increase our faith. And Jesus answered by telling them that if they had faith as a grain of mustard seed, he said, you could speak to the mountain to be moved to the sea. He said, it would obey. So here's a simple way of understanding this passage. If God asks you to do something specific and something gets in your way, come on. You can speak with confidence to that problem. Whatever that hindrance is, if you know you're in the will of God, if you know you're in the word of God, then anything that gets in the way of the will of God, we have authority by the word to speak to that problem and command it to move out of the way to a certain place. And the Bible says it will obey you. Amen. The Bible says we have this confidence in God that if we ask anything according to what? His will. We have a confidence that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us, and we know that if He hears us, then we know that we will receive whatever petition that we have asked of Him. We've got to know. We've got to walk like we know it. Amen? So we've got to change the way we walk and the way we think and the way we talk after we pray for something. Amen? Don't, uh, don't claim healing over your allergies and then go away calling them my allergies anymore. I've t I've, I've, I haven't talked about this for a while, but we, we got to change. the. If you really come to God with confidence, we, you know, I've heard people say, well, pray for my allergies. Well, I'm not going to pray for your allergies if you're, if you're going to keep claiming this as, your, as your allergies. If you like having allergies, I don't want to pray God takes your allergies, right? But if you just say, pray for the allergies, I've heard people say, whoever's allergies they are, I don't want them, right? <laughs> They're kind of throwing it back at me a little bit. I get it. I know it's semantics, but it's not really. When we we, we got to get to the point where we change the way we think about it. What really, really bothers me is when I hear people talk about my depression. It's not your depression. It's not your anxiety disorder. It's not your cancer. It's not your heart issue, your heart problem. It's not your arthritis. It's not yours. It's not, we've got to come to terms with the fact that God did not put that on you. And, and if his word says we are healed with his stripes and we just assume, unless God causes us to understand like he did with Paul, that, look, I'm giving you a little thorn in the flesh. This is for my glory and it's going to be uh, my grace is sufficient. But we don't just assume by default that God intends for me to walk around with my arthritis the rest of my life. We don't assume that. We assume that we are healed. So we change the way we talk. We don't say my heart issue, my depression. Get rid of that thinking. Claim it in the name of Jesus and then believe it. Are you with me? So we have this confidence in God if we ask anything. So the important thing to know is, is what God wants. That's the key. What does God want? And then act with confidence in that will. Now this is, this is called faith. This is called faith. The gift of faith is God's faith that is given to us at a particular time for miracles to happen. And now, in this situation, we know what God wants to do, and we step forward with confidence. And as we step forward 
an incredible authority comes over us. It's like nothing you felt before, really. And as we begin to operate in that, we command something to happen in the name of the Lord Jesus. Talk about the gift of faith here. This is where the gift of faith is activated when we begin to speak it, command it. Joshua, you'll remember, he had a very similar situation happen to him as he was in the, a battle against the enemies of the Lord while taking the promised land. God told him, catch this, God gave him orders. God told him, destroy the enemy. So he goes to work with his army, and in the midst of the battle, he notices that the sun is going down, and there's not going to be enough daylight left to accomplish the job. Now, God's told him what he wants him to do. Amen? So he knows we can't destroy the entire enemy. We don't have enough daylight. So what did he say? He said, well, hey, everybody take a break. Go to your sleeping bags. We'll pick it up tomorrow. No. Knowing that it was God's will for him to destroy the Lord's enemies, Joshua spoke to the sun. <laughs> and he commanded it to stand still. And the sun stood still in its place until the entire enemy was destroyed. Wow, that's faith. Uh, it's easy to rely on our own strengths and make plans accordingly, but what if you had the gift of faith? What would be possible, think about it, for you in taking God's promises for your life and, by the way, for other people, if we could just operate in the gift of of faith. If you want to have great faith, find out what God wants and speak for him with confidence and boldness. The disciples asked the Lord to give them boldness to speak his word by stretching forth his hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through his name. They said, give us boldness to do these things that you said we will do because if we're not bold, we can't, we can't operate in these gifts if we don't have enough boldness to, to move and operate and respond and speak things. Okay, so let's talk about the gift of healing, the gift of healing. The Bible says that believers will lay hands on the sick, uh, on the sick Mark 16, 17. Jesus said that we will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So many times people expect a a miracle of healing. Now, now, now stay with me here because uh, we, we, I, I'm going to. Some of us have never thought of this. Maybe you've never heard this before. But <clears throat> some people expect a miracle of healing. Now, when it does not take place miraculously, they get discouraged and they just assume that God has not healed them. Now, there are times in the Gospels when the Lord healed people, and then there are times that it was a miracle of healing. A miracle of healing is a combination of the gift of faith, uh, gift of healing, and working of miracles. Think of it, an, an instant, miraculous healing would incorporate all three of these gifts that we're talking about tonight. You've got to have a gift of faith. Um, are you kidding me? If you're going to see somebody's leg grow two inches... If you're going to speak to a leg to grow two inches, you're going to have to have a gift of faith to speak that. If you're going to speak to a dead to raise, you've got to have a word of faith or, or, or the gift of faith to see that. And then 
you're going to have to be operating in the, in the uh, miracles of healing, the gift of, uh, of healing, and it's going to require a miracle. So th there's the gift of miracles there. So if you're operating in simply the gifts of healing, catch this, then this is a process of healing. We often think, well, I didn't get it right away, so God didn't touch me. No, 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 no. No, that's not always the case. There, there are times that God will touch you and it begins a process of healing. And from that moment forward, that's why I often tell people after we've prayed for the sick, if you don't feel it right now, don't go home and just assume you weren't healed. Go home and begin to examine that pain. Tomorrow you might wake up and be completely better. Or you're going to feel better than you were. Maybe not completely better. And the next day, what happened? God touched you and he's, he's healed you and started a process of healing. Didn't do it all at once. But he started a process of healing, and from that moment forward, that person begins to, uh, to be healed. Now, when King Hezekiah was dying, the Lord healed him, and he recovered. Uh, many times, God will grant miracles of healing for the unbeliever to help them to believe. And many times, with the believer, he will grant healing and help them to recover. Not always, but many times this is the case. God knows his reasons, but the main reason for this is that a miracle of healing is a sign and a wonder for shock and amazement at the power of God. Are you all already amazed at the power of God? Yeah, I don't have to, you don't have to see an instant miracle. You're amazed at the power of God. But there might be sinners or, or people that are, you know, they just don't know the Lord. And, and God might say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show a miracle. This is going to touch their heart, grip their heart, and, and ultimately their souls would be saved. And so it would be that people would believe the gospel. It also frees people from demonic power when they see an instant miracle from the Lord. And that's the way God would do that. He would, he would, he would uh, move in a uh, miraculous way to deliver them from demonic power. Now, <clears throat> with the gifts of healing, you will not maybe feel that great authority that you feel with the gift of faith. But you will feel compassion. We need to talk about this, compassion. Uh, because you cannot operate in, a, in the gift of healing if you do not have compassion. Amen. When Jesus was moved uh, to heal people, it wasn't that he just said, well, oh, okay, I got a line of sick people here, and it was part of his to-do list. Got to check, heal these people, check it off so I can get on to the next thing. He, he was moved with compassion. He was drawn by compassion. And so that was what moved the Lord. That's what must also move us. It will be a deep move of the Spirit. You will, oftentimes, if you've ever operated in this, you know what I'm talking about, you'll feel like weeping. When you're operating in the gift of faith, you may not feel like weeping. You're going to feel boldness and you're going to speak declarative statements. But when you're moving in the gift of healing, your compassion is there. You may weep because somebody you're, you're uh, relating to somebody who's in need. Does that make sense? <clears throat> People who are used in intercession are used in the gifts of healing. For instance, when God moves upon a person to pray for another, they begin to weep and groan in the spirit for a person or situation. The spirit is praying for healing and restoration to come to that situation. This is the gifts of healing. Now, uh, by the way, 
broaden your minds a little bit here and understand that the gifts of healing can be not just for physical, bodily healing, but for emotional healing. And I've never seen such a day where we need, people need emotional healing and for mental healing. Amen? And, you know, I understand that there's a place for doctors. I go to the doctor, and I have trusted in doctors. I believe God has given us, uh, when I pray for people, when I prayed for Brother Moore a while ago, I prayed, God, give those doctors wisdom and skill. Help them to operate in the knowledge you've given us. It's from God. I mean, they're not witch doctors out there shaking some voodoo doll. You know, huckabucka or whatever over them. They, these, are, these are just men that's gone to school and they've availed themselves of knowledge that God has allowed us to tap into. And so there's nothing wrong with going to doctors, but <clears throat> there's a place for that. I understand that. Um, and so there's also a place for times where I have and do sometimes refer people if they have mental illness. I'll, I'm, I'm not a trained counselor I'm not a psychologist I'm not a psychiatrist I will refer people to a trained skilled uh, at least a Christian um, leaning counselor and so they have their place but how many know that God can also heal our bodies and we don't have to go to a doctor God can heal our emotions and our minds and we don't have to go to a counselor so, but if he, if he doesn't, now, you know, if I'm having a heart attack and God doesn't instantly heal me, I had, to, I had to come to terms with this back when I had the heart attack because I've preached healing all these years, but I lay in the hospital with a heart attack and I, you all were praying for me. I had an evangelist call me on the phone and pray for me over the phone and tried to get me to leave the hospital and go change. He wanted me to watch a video that would uh, change my diet and all this stuff radically change. And I'm still having chest pains, folks. I mean, if he had his way, I would have unhooked from all the equipment, got up and walked out of the hospital, denied everything they were telling me, and either, now, I'm not saying God wouldn't have healed me, but I sure didn't feel led at that moment to get a hop out of the bed. And I'm thinking, yeah, buddy, that's not, it's not you that has four blockages. It's easy for me to call you up when my heart's going thump, 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 and my blood's all flowing through my body. I say, hey, hop out of the bed. God's going to heal you. It's another thing for you to be in the bed. So we prayed, and I said, Lord, I know you can heal me, but I also know you don't always heal uh, immediately. And if you don't heal me from the heart attack, then you can see me through the surgery, and you can heal me through the process. And, and God brings us through things for, for certain reasons sometimes. I know many of the things that, I, that God allowed me to go through that for. I'm still learning some. But I, I, I gleaned some things through the process. Because I, I don't just pray, God, heal me. I'm also praying every day, God, use me. God, lead me. God, what, and, you know, I want to be, be completely used by you. So sometimes that means, okay, you really mean that. I may have to take you through some things you don't understand. So when I pray for sick people, I'm not just, it's not, I'm not just checking off a to-do list when I pray for sick people. Um, my, my, <laughs> my heart goes out to them. I, I say that now, but I don't mean it as a joke. My heart, I'm, my compassion is there when I pray for people. Okay, so nothing wrong. So, so yeah, God, but, but God can heal our mind. God can heal our emotions. God can heal us spiritually, physically, 
Many people think that it, it, it's reserved only for the physical, but the Lord is concerned for all aspects, body, soul, spirit. So how does a person acquire this gift from God? Because the gifts of healing deal with compassion. It's very important to have a broken heart and spirit before the Lord. Catch this. If you have bitterness or you hold something against someone, it, it will hinder you from feeling the love of God for others. You cannot be used in this gift if you do not have a love for others. People that are bitter think about themselves and their hurts. And, but, but God takes us through things in life to help us know him more and have a compassion for others. I've said this many times, but nobody can relate to cancer, uh, people with cancer like people have, who have gone through cancer themselves. Nobody can sit down and talk to somebody who, who deals with anxiety like somebody who's been through that themselves. Um, so God brings us through things sometimes so that he's able to help and, and, and use us and that we can have uh, a compassion, more compassion for others. The Lord is moved by our infirmities because he also suffered. So if we want to be moved for others, we have to suffer sometimes. Some have to suffer physically or emotionally before they can have compassion on others. Now, a quicker way is to be broken before God <laughs> and bypass that, and that's what our, we hope that we all do, but we're not all, we're not all there all the time in every area of our life. But God wants to give uh, to us love, or God wants us to love him, him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength, and to love our neighbor, right, as we love ourselves. This takes the love of God being shed abroad. It means to gush in our hearts. In order for this to truly transpire, we need to be broken and we need to be forgiving. If you want to feel what others are feeling, then you need to be sensitive in order to be sensitive, you need to be open to others. Uh, but when you're hurt, when you have bitterness inside, you close yourself off. You close yourself off to others to protect yourself from further pain or getting hurt again. This will stop you from having compassion for people, which ultimately stops God from flowing through you in the gifts of healing. Is this making sense? So if you want to learn to care for people, become a listener. Become a listener. If you're somebody that's always waiting on them to finish so you can move on, you, you'll, you're probably not going to be used by God in this because people that are hurting need somebody who will listen. So become a listener. A person that listens to others endeavors to feel what the other person is going through. And this is called love. Another word, empathy. If you do not care what people think about you, then you will not be uh, one that takes the time to listen to others. So you'll miss out on being used by, uh, by God in the gifts of healing. So as you begin to listen to others and you begin to pray for their needs, God will work through you and heal them. We must have a concern for our fellow man. It's not all about us, not all about our feelings. It's about God and it's about others. Can you say amen? Let's finish by, work, by talking about working of miracles. Uh, in the word of the Lord, we find a situation when the Lord could not do many miracles. The Bible says in his hometown, he could not do many mighty works there. He, 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 he could just heal a few sick people, the Bible says. So how do you think about that? Think, think about this. How do you think this made him feel? I mean, I can only imagine that he felt discouraged. Frustrated by that? I, I, I felt that before of you. 
just kind of frustrated that you just wanted to, but you just couldn't? Uh, after preaching the word of the Lord and inviting people to come forward for healing or to receive the Holy Ghost, and then the response is kind of small. Uh, there's times when I'll leave, I'll leave that service. Some of you ministers, you can relate to what I'm talking about. You'll leave that service and, and you'll think, well, why is this? Why did this happen? And this is the frustration of the Lord. He was frustrated at not being able to do something great. God wants to reveal his glory and his power to the world so that many people can be saved. When God's power is revealed, demons have to let people go and sickness has to flee and people are convicted of their sins and filled with his spirit. So please understand when I say this, God wants to show his great power and he wants to use you. So the question is, what are you willing to give up in order to be used by God in this measure? Are you willing to give up everything for the sake of the gospel? If you are not ready to totally follow the Lord, then you're not a candidate to be used by God in the miraculous. Now, I didn't say you had to be the most mature Christian, the most knowledgeable uh, child of God. Not at all. But you must be completely sold out to the Lord. God wants to invest in you, but so many times we're just kind of in it or we kind of get in our own little bubble. We're in it for ourselves or we're just trying to get, make our own way. And this is what happened to Lucifer, by the way. Lucifer began to look at himself and his talents, and he lost out with God. And this changed everything. Instead of helping others, he deceived others. This is why it's so important to be totally sold out to God. Uh, now, does this mean that you're, you're not going to own anything or you're going to sell all your goods? No, not at all. It doesn't mean that. It simply means that we are willing to do whatever God chooses for us to do. Now, if you're not willing to give up your life for Christ, then you're not really worthy of him according to the word of God. If you're not willing to give up everything, then, then why would God invest in uh, his, his miraculous power in our lives to exalt our names? He's not going to exalt our names, which is about exalting his name. We would just self-destruct, just like Lucifer did. If you say you love God and you hate your brother or your sister, then God simply will not use you. In fact, the Bible says the love of God is not in you if, you, if that's the case. You can't, you can't even be forgiven, the Bible says, if you're not forgiving your brothers and sisters. Read the scriptures, for in them you will find that if you cannot forgive your brother, then God cannot forgive you. So I want to go a little step farther here and say that if you do not love people in general, then God is not going to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. That's why Paul prefaced by saying, uh, yeah, you, could, you know, desire gifts, but above all, you need to have charity, love. The gifts of the Spirit are for the ministry of the body of Christ and to the world to bring them to Christ. Did you know that when Lucifer fell, he didn't lose his gifting? He retained his gift. The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The power that Lucifer had became twisted and perverse, but he still had it. And now all he wants to do is twist the truth and destroy the world. With what power he has, that's his goal. That's what he attempts to do. Now, I've seen a lot of preachers, and so have you, who had a love for God in the beginning. Gave, uh, God gave them their desires. He used them and gifted them in the Spirit. And then as time goes on and the years go on, 
they depended more on the gifting than on the giver. They stopped seeking God in brokenness. And now they feel like they just know it all. They stopped being confident in God and his word and became confident in themselves. And they think their ministry is all about promoting themselves. It has become twisted and perverse. And just like Lucifer, who retained his gifting, some of these men still operate in certain gifts. And just like Lucifer, who went from helping people to deceiving people, so can people who used to preach the truth go from helping to deceiving. Be careful with these gifts. Be careful that you don't start thinking highly of yourself. Um, it, I, I'm very bothered when I see um, flamboyant spirits or, or uh, people that are just kind of, uh, um, oh, showmen. This is not about showmanship. Getting up in front of a crowd. Now watch me, watch me operate in the gift of the Spirit. Um, I'm not into that, and I don't believe God is into that. And it sets us up for the trap of starting to look to ourselves become confident in ourselves as human beings we're so frail and weak we need to be so dependent upon God we see we need to seek him how often every single day and we also need to be very accountable to God and by the way leaders who are around us so don't ever think that because God uses you in the gifts of the spirit that you're more spiritual than everybody around you we need to be we need to be careful about that. Shame on us if we ever think this way. The, the spiritual ones are those that hear the word of God and do it. In other words, brokenness produces character, which produces spirituality. If we are broken before God, we begin to seek the Lord for the working of miracles. We will begin to feel uh, in prayer and intense excitement and victory. This is God revealing to you the feeling uh, of working of miracles. You need to respond to this and rejoice when you feel this in the presence of the Lord. This is God mentoring and training you in this gift. When you begin to minister to people as you get into the presence of God for them, you'll begin to feel this victory. This is God showing you that the working of miracles is present. Now you need to command things to happen. Have the person respond to the power of God by praising him for the miracle. If you believe it, now they have to believe it too. But you don't just, don't just pray for them and say, well, see you, see you next week. Hope you feel better. No, I believe you're going to feel better when I pray for you. And you begin to speak to it. And then you ask them. Now, when I pray, you begin to give God praise for the miracle. This is where faith meets the power of God. And this brings about a miracle for the people that you are ministering to. We don't want to just talk about it and send them home. We want to minister to them and then pray and let the gifts uh, operate through us. This is where it all comes together. God wants us to work with him. And he does this by allowing us to know what he is doing before he does it. We know by his word. We know in prayer. We know in the spirits. Amen. So we need to be very sensitive to what the spirit is doing and saying. Amen. So I encourage you to become sensitive to the gifts of the Spirit during your fellowship with the Lord, during your personal prayer time, your devotion time. Don't simply go through a ritual of prayer, but find out what the Lord wants to do and flow with Him. Um, when I'm praying, sometimes I'm gonna, I talk to the Lord about uh, situations, and there are times, you know what I'm talking about, you feel like weeping. Now, this is the Lord showing us that He wants to bring healing to this situation. 
Other times we feel like shouting and dancing. I like those times. This is the Lord showing us that he is giving us access to the miraculous. Still, there are times when we feel an utterance come over us and we begin to speak over situations as the Spirit leads us. And this is the prophetic. These operate in your, these, these should operate in your personal prayer time. I'm talking about when God, if God, when God begins to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. I don't mean it happens every time to everybody. But th these are ways we can begin to operate and flow in these spiritual gifts. Don't wait. Don't, don't assume that God's just going to drop it on you one day at church in the middle of a service. Uh, for one thing, our flesh is timid. We may not always feel comfortable doing that. But in your personal prayer time, you'll begin to feel these things. You feel like weeping. That may, God wants to use you in the gift of healing. Pray, intercede. You feel power and you feel like shouting and dancing. God may want to use you there in, a, in the word or the gift rather of faith. You begin to speak things there in those uh, prayer meetings. I, often when I pray here at church, I mean when I come alone and I'm just, sometimes I'll just pray up around the altar when I'm here by myself. But a lot of times I'll just walk through and I, I used to know where everybody sat. Now we're all messed up because we our COVID messed up our seating charts on us. But I used to know where everybody sat. I'd just go through and begin to pray for, I could see your faces, you know. And I'd pray for people as I walked through the pews. And man, I mean, often when I would do that, bam, the power of God would begin to move and I would begin to operate in gifts of the Spirit. I would speak things you didn't even know I was speaking in your life. But God was using me in private setting in a powerful way. And I, so you can do that at home. You can do that in your car. I always have to give the disclaimer. Make sure you keep your hands on the wheel. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> Amen. Um, you can do this uh, in, in your private prayer life. And then as you begin to, it's just kind of a natural transition. We begin to do it. I've already done it, um, you know, operated and responded in these things by myself and the Lord, or just my, the Lord and myself, and then it comes a little more naturally when I'm in service. You'll see me sometimes in service when God begins to move. I begin to look around. I feel led. Who am I supposed to go pray for somebody? I don't know who it is. God will say, right there, go pray. God can use you that way too, and he will use you that way too. Amen? God leads us in the gifts of the Spirit according to the need. But he desires to give us the training that we need in our private time with him. And only Jesus can give us that kind of training. I can't do it. I'm just giving you the word here. Okay. Only Jesus can do that. But it is still very important to have a, a mentor in our lives that we can share with because we all see through a glass darkly, don't we? As the scripture says. It is so important that we don't get out of control, but that we remain submitted to leadership and remain accountable to God. And by the way, only speak what the Lord gives you to people. Don't add to it. When God is finished, you're finished. When God becomes silent, you become silent. And God can use you in these things. Now, I had somebody ask me um, if the gifts are, I'm going to word it, if I get it wrong, Brother Honeycutt, there you are. Um, if I get your question wrong, correct me, that's fine. But I think your question was, um, does God kind of assign, because we read, Paul said that God gives these gifts. We, we don't choose them. We can ask for them and pray for them, avail ourselves of them. But we don't, I, as a pastor, I don't say, okay, Brother Bunch, <laughs> I assign to you. 
the gift of healing. You're the, you're the healing minister. No, this is God. He decides who to give it to. But his question was, I think, does God assign these to people permanently? Or does, um, for instance, if, if I have the gift of healing tonight, do I always have the gift of healing, always operate in the gift of healing? Or does it just kind of come sometimes and other times it's not operative? Am I saying that right? Okay, so is it, is it by the person or the situation? Okay, very good question. So I think what we read in the Bible is it's, it's kind of both. Um, that uh, you, the Lord, it's going to be as the situation presents itself, obviously. So there's a situation there. And then God is going to move and he's looking at any given time for people who are spiritual minded, sensitive to the spirit, all the things we've talked about here. And any given service, let's just say that you come to church and you need a healing and God wants to heal you and he's going to do it through somebody's prayer. So God is going to be looking in that service who has been praying, who is spiritual minded, who has compassion, who has love, who can I move through? And it may be somebody who's never been used in that gift ever before. And God would speak to them. How many of you have been used in the gift of uh, faith? Remember the, remember the first time? That, that It's kind of weird. But it's, and it's intimidating. So it might be the first time they've ever been used. And they don't know what to do. What do I do? Don't be afraid to go come up to the pastor or um, one of our, the associates and ask. Just tell them. I feel like the Lord's impressing this upon me. I'm a little nervous. I'm not quite sure. How do I handle it? And it might be that maybe one of us will go with you and just let you, we'll just be there with you and let you do it. But let the Lord operate through you, you know. But stepping out is important. But I do believe that there are times where uh, God can use anybody. We don't choose who is used and we don't choose if it's us or not. But God might, you know, he might just say, I'm going to use Jordan tonight to pray for Justin tonight. And Jordan all of a sudden feels that boldness. Oh, I've heard pastor talk about this. I read that in the Bible. I feel like the Lord wants to use me. Oh, I'm a nervous wreck. I've never done this before. But I'm going to step out by faith. And I'm just going to go and say, Brother Justin, I feel like the Lord wants me to pray for you tonight. And, and by faith. And we begin to see, he begins to be used by God. And he, may, he might never, ever be used in that again. It could just be situationally. Tonight, he's got the Holy Ghost. That's, the, that's the, the prerequisite is that you have the Holy Ghost. You already have the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then you can, all of us are candidates of being used in the gifts of the Spirit as long as we're tender, we're sensitive, we're compassionate. So that might be him tonight, and he may never be using that again. Now, I bet you he'll want to be, and I would almost bet you, if I betted, that he, the Lord would use him again. Amen. But he might not. It's just, so we don't have anybody that God just says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use him permanently in the gift of healing. Um, he's the healing minister. But we do see where the Lord does use people over and over and over again, especially evangelists. You'll see people that just seem to have a special um, anointing on their life. And where they go, people get healed, those kind of things. Um, what they're really, we call it an anointing, but it's really the more, a more accurate term is they're being used in the gifts. They've said to the Lord, God, if, you're gonna, if I'm going to go around preaching, I might as well be used in the gifts, you know. Might as well let you show off, let you do the work. And so they've availed themselves of it, opened themselves up, pray for it, and then they let the Lord operate through them. And he, he will, you will see Brother Lee Stone King comes to mind. 
Brother Stone King is used repeatedly over and over throughout the years that God has used him in the gifts of miracles, dead people being raised, um, healing. People would get uh, prayer. They leave not completely better, but call him a week later or two months later. You prayed for me that night. I started feeling better. I started feeling better. I went to the doctor. It's all gone. And the gifts of, of uh, what did I say so far? Miracles, healing, and faith, where he will speak. He'll just speak. I feel like God wants to heal you tonight. I feel like God wants to do what's going on. I feel like I'm going to speak by faith. Uh, word of wisdom, word of it's all that you know. He's used in many of those now, repeatedly. Now I don't know that God just says, uh, this, "I'm assigning to the, this to you permanently," but the, the Bible does say that the gifts are given without repentance uh, by God, without repentance. So it's not like He takes them and t- gives them and takes them off of people, gives them and takes them off of people, but it's whether or not He operates through those things regularly. Um, some people do. They just flow. Now, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think one is that Brother Stone King desires to be and is willing to be, and he's a spiritual guy. The second thing is that once faith is built by the people, people know when Brother... Now, you know, I could show up <laughs> and maybe all, all people expect is a long sermon. Maybe. <laughs> Brother Stone King shows up, and what are people thinking? Miracles, healings. Why? Because God's done that through him very publicly and repeatedly. So the Lord uses him in that regularly and repeatedly. Am I answering your question at all? Okay. Yeah, I got four minutes, three minutes. If anybody else has a question, I'll, I'm not used to doing this, but I would try. If It might be another Bible study if I can't answer it in two minutes. Yes, sir. You have a question, brother? That's right, yes. His question is the person being prayed for must also have faith. That is true. And that's why, you know, when the Lord, we, you know, we said that faith comes by hearing. So this often happens when in a setting where the word of God has been preached or somebody's just received a Bible study, you know, um, because the word of God has built faith in them. And they're thinking, maybe the, I believe the Lord would heal me. And also, not only the word being preached, but God could use somebody with a, a uh, uh, in the gift of faith where they speak to that person. And in speaking, I believe God would heal you tonight and that person. But again, faith has to respond. So if you say, I believe it too, because, you know, often when people were prayed for, it was according to your faith. According to your faith, receive it. According to your faith, be healed. So, yes, we can't. Uh, because I don't, God's not going to for- force any blessings on anybody. He won't force you to go to heaven, and he won't force you to be healed, and he won't force you to be delivered from drugs and alcohol. But if you want it, amen, and you have faith, and that person praying for you, yes, exactly, that's a very good question. But yes, the person praying must have faith too. So if you just walk up to people in Walmart and start praying, I see somebody with crippled legs, and oh, God, why didn't God heal them? Well, First of all, you probably just scared them to death right there in the produce section. And secondly, they don't have faith. Amen. All right. Anybody else? Quick question. Are you ready to be used by the Lord? Amen. Why don't you stand? I'll tell you what I'm going to do tonight. I'm just going to pray over you tonight. I I want you to just raise your hands. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. This is how we'll dismiss tonight. 
But I want to pray that God would just deal with this church on really allowing ourselves to be used by the Lord in whatever gift. So just, you know, open your hearts and, 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 uh, and be, be willing. Father, I thank you for your word that we have studied about the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you for the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> God, we know that if we're filled with the Holy Ghost, that we can be used by you in mighty ways. God, we're not asking it for selfish reasons, but Lord, there's a lost world that needs to be saved. Ellettsville needs to be reached, Lord, and there are people who are hurting and dying, and we want to be used by you. So God, I pray for Turning Point Apostolic Church right now. I pray, God, that you would operate through us in the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, you know that there are people here tonight, God, that are willing and, 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 and want to be used by you. I pray that you would give them boldness to move out, to speak out, to begin to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, young people, uh, uh, children, old people, middle-aged people, male, female, God, just use us however you see fit. We are your body, and we claim this in the name of Jesus, and we give you the praise. Would you give God praise for that right now Lord we love you we praise you we know great things are going to happen oh yes in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name I believe this I believe that in 2022 we are going to see great signs miracles and wonders taking place for the Bible lets us know that in the last days that uh, well first of all the Bible says that uh, evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse I believe that while that's happening, the church can wax stronger and stronger, more and more powerful, and have more and more revival. Amen. I believe this. I believe we're going to see lame people walk. I believe we're going to see mentally ill people healed. I believe it. I believe this. I believe emotionally scarred people are going to be healed. Why not? We've gone through this stage of sickness and all of this stuff, and now I believe God is going to Use the gifts of the Spirit to edify his body and to draw people into the kingdom of God before he comes back. And he's about to come back. Amen. God bless you. We love you. And you're dismissed in Jesus' name.